the Diocese of Quincy. And I'm very happy you did that. I'm proud of all of you. And I hope that the Lord will keep us together on this uh, beautiful journey that he's putting in our hands. And Quincy is excited about all of you. And already people from this congregation are serving the diocese in different capacities. And we are proud of that and very excited about all that. And it's always, as I said, a joy, joyful time for me to be here celebrating the Eucharist the gift of the Lord for his church. And uh, Canon Donaway, the Canon to Ordinary, my Canon to Ordinary is with me this morning also. He's my right hand, left hand, brain, and feet in the diocese. <laughs> <laughs> and I do thank you, and I'm grateful for that, too. He's helping me a lot. And, uh, and I would like to share with you some, some of the things that are happening in the diocese since I was elected and enthroned in the for the Diocese of Quincy, uh, the diocese is growing uh, rapidly. We have petitions every day from congregations, priests, and also bishops that are willing to move their churches to our to our Diocese of Quincy because of the of the things that are happening in the diocese. And wrote practically every day, although I took the month of December practically off because our new abbot was pretty ill and I had to stay home just to help him and help the monks. But at the hospital, I told him, you just been blessed as an abbot and I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going back. <laughs> just get out of the bed and grab life and work it out. <laughs> but anyway, he's doing much better and I thank all of you for prayers and uh, it's been a wonderful election and a wonderful ceremony having Father Luis. He's the first monk that joined St. Benedict's Abbey 26 years ago. He was 19 years old when he joined the community, and he's on his uh, mid-40s, I think. And he's a bright guy, he's a very spiritual man, a very devout person, and the Abbey is in very good hands, and I'm, and I'm very happy about that. I would like to share with you also some thoughts about the gospel that was proclaimed this morning for us. The gospel said that there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And Mary, the mother of the Lord, was there because she was invited with her son to be at that particular wedding. And people were drinking, people were having fun, as you know, when every time you go to a wedding, what do you do on a wedding? Just waiting for the cake only? No. <laughs> Sometimes you don't even get to taste the cake. <laughs> and now there are mother weddings that they don't even have cakes anymore. They have cheesecake <laughs> and some other stuff. I was invited to a wedding in Florida uh, from one of my nephews. And that wedding was kind of a wild <laughs> wedding. And uh, there was a huge storm and all that stuff. And I didn't know, but they, the wedding was planned to be out. And they put a tent and all that stuff. And we were out there. And I was waiting for my nephew, the, the guy that was supposed to be married, to come. And the, 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 the girlfriend was there, and everybody was there, and there was no way to be found, this guy. And all of, all of a sudden, uh, he, his uh, a friend said, don't get nervous. He'll be here anytime. 
as I was, I've been waiting for more than 20 minutes. And usually, the one that comes late is the other person. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Didn't want to say it loudly because you know what would happen that day. But uh, she, <laughs> she was there waiting. And all of a sudden, this guy arrived on a helicopter. <laughs> the whole helicopter there. You know, I said, you thought that I, you know, going to be here, honey? I am here for you, you know. <laughs> Helicopter and all that stuff. The one that was nervous, I think, was myself because, you know, my nephew and all these guests here, and he's not here, and he invited me to celebrate the wedding. My God. Anyway, and people go to wedding, uh, and at that wedding, they have no cakes. Not at all. They have small pastries. They were beautiful, though, in the shape of a cake. I don't know who did that, but did a great, great job. But there was no cake. But going back to the gospel, people were there having a fun, having a feast, celebrating, eating, drinking, you know. Maybe not tequila or Captain Morgan, but they were, <laughs> they were drinking something. And Mary, Mary was there. Jesus was just simply sharing his life maybe with the guests. And she went and told him. Son, there is no wine. You know, women have a special gift. And I am so happy that they have the gift because sometimes we men have no clue on some, some stuff. Uh, without offending anyone, please. <laughs> but women that have this kind of awareness. They know what's going on. They can sense stuff. They can see miles away sometimes. And Mary approached Jesus her son, and said, there's no wine. Jesus wasn't ready to start working his life as the Messiah. And people think that he offended Mary when he said, nothing to do with me, nor with you. Why are you telling me that they have no wine? But Mary, knowing him, knowing her son, knowing that he will do it. She didn't talk to him anymore. Or did she? No. She went to the waiters and said, do whatever he tells you. Do you think that that statement was made just because Mary was the mother? No. Do whatever he tells you. What did he tell these guys there? What Jesus said to these disciples or to these people at the wedding? We heard it this morning. Hey, there's some jugs or jars there. Put some water on it. They did that, no? Eh? Yes or no? What happened after that? They brought the, the, the jacks or the jugs or whatever you call it back to Jesus. Yes or no? They were empty first. Second, they were filled with water. Heavy stuff. They have to carry that to Jesus. Jesus had two choices that day. Simply say, water, get into wine. And that would be done and ready. But he asked these people, put water and bring it to me. That's my interpretation. Put water, bring that to me. Which they did. And what happened after that? The best wine ever. 
And I'm going to tell you something about that in a few seconds. The best recommendation in Scripture coming from the mouth of Mary was do whatever he tells you. Not just for them, but for us too today. Do whatever he tells you. Are we ready to do whatever he tells you and me this morning as a church, as a congregation, as Christians, as followers? Are we ready? I hope so. That we will be ready to do whatever he tells us. Then, Jesus, after they put the water in those jars or jugs or whatever you call it, he did the rest. He did the rest. The gospel this morning is inviting us to have no fear of hard work. They put their hard work, they put their efforts, they put their toils, taking care of putting water and bring that to Jesus. He did the rest, and the rest was the best. Are we willing as Christians, as a congregation, as a church, to put all our efforts following him? Are we ready to do that hard work that sometimes is placed in front of us as a church? Are we ready to put our toils in everything we do in order that Jesus will do the rest? Are we ready for it? Everything that comes from Jesus is the best. Once you get to know him, once you get to, to walk with him, sometimes you go up, sometimes you go down, sometimes you're still straight. But as long as you walk with him, as long as we walk with him, he's going to do the best for you and he's going to do the best for me. I remember in Dominican Republic or Guatemala, I don't remember exactly the place that I was. I was preaching about this gospel. And I was trying to express myself about the, the miracle at the wedding of Cana, you know, trying to, you know, try to look in front of the people that I know what I'm saying. <laughs> and uh, this poor man, pretty poor man, came and approached the podium and said, Bishop, can I say something here? I said, yes. I'm going to tell you what happened at the wedding of Cana. Because I've been waiting for you to say it. And you still blah, 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 blah. Uh, <laughs> so, my God. Yeah, go ahead. You know, what the, you know what really happened there that day? When Jesus touched that water, the water blushed. 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 And he was so energetic telling me that. That I was blushing too. <laughs> I said, you know why, Bishop? When Jesus comes to you, and when he comes to me, and when he touches you, and when he touches me, we have to blush. Because anything that is touched by him changes color. What a beautiful statement. What a reality. 
And that's exactly what happened with that water. Jesus touched the water, and the water immediately changed for the best. If you have the choice, I know that these days the choice is water all over. You see people with water here and water there and water over there. Yes. But if you are going to a celebration and they give you the choice of water and wine, which one you will take? I will take wine, though. Because I drink a lot of water, (laughs) not a lot of wine. And Jesus did the miracle for them. Jesus just needed a little bit of a touch from whom? From his mother. Because Jesus was a little bit afraid that maybe this is not my time. How many times we need the touch from somebody to do what we have to do? Tell me about it. How many times one person in your family, your son, your daughter, your wife, your husband, needs to approach you in order that you will go and do what you have to do? And fear not. Jesus in his humanity may was a little bit afraid of maybe this is not the real place to start. Mary knew that her son was the son of God. The Messiah, the Redeemer, the Lord, the King of Kings, the Almighty. And she went and she said to him, start working, boy. (laughs) Fear not. Go for it and do the best. My invitation for all of you this morning uh, uh, around this gospel is simply this one. Let Jesus... Do the best for you. Let Jesus touch you. Let Jesus decide what is the best for you and fear not. Won't be easy sometimes, but as long as we are with him, we'll be fine. And with that miracle, Jesus started his mission. And what a Lord we have that his first miracle was to make people happy. I don't say drunk, but <laughs> happy. Happy. And happiness is what he wants for you. Happiness is what he wants for me. As long as we follow him, as long as we listen to him, and as long as we allow him to touch us, as that old man told me when I was visiting that particular church. Let him touch you. And I don't want to end my reflection this morning without talking a little bit about Christian unity. We are on the the week of Christian unity. And when our Lord Jesus Christ put his church together for us, he put it so simple. We are the ones making the mistakes, putting the norms, the laws, the canons, the regulations. Don't do this, don't do that. Dress like this, dress like that. Go here, don't go there. Talk to these people, don't talk to that people. Don't ever, you know... You all go, maybe went through that or going through that sometimes, some people. The church of Christ, the church that Jesus Christ put in place for us, is a church that has just two commandments only. Two. What are those? Eh? Say it again. And... Say it again. 
And you may say, why do you want us to keep repeating this, Bishop? I'm going to tell you why. Because many times we forget that. When you love someone in the name of God, you will never harm that person. You will do the best for that person. And his two commandments still in the midst of us to love God and to love each other. To love God and to love each other. And if we keep that in mind, and if we try to do the best we can with those two commandments, I bet you, my brothers and sisters, that the church will be in better shape today. Although, sadly to say, the Lord is pruning the church because he loves his vine. And there are branches that are dead or dying. And sadly to say, he has to cut here and cut there. But he's not touching the roots. Because if he takes the, the vine out of the root, what will happen with that vine? We'll die. We're still alive. He's still with us. Let him prune us as we may need. Let us pray for the church that one day will be one. That we can share with each other in love and in charity. That we will recognize in each other his presence. That we will recognize in each other the love that comes only from God. And I was telling one of my friends here this morning that I, I brought a CD. You know that I like from time to time to bring CDs when I come here. Last time I came, I forgot, and I didn't put the song. But this morning, I would like you to listen to the Oak Ridge Boys. Do you, are you familiar with them? I'm not going to put a CD for you on, with country music. No, 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 no. I love country music. That's my favorite, though. But one song, and I want you to listen to that song to see if you can put that song together in your life. It is called Loving God, Loving Each Other. Because that's the, practically the conclusion of the, of, the, of the octave for Christian unity. And it is so simple to love God and to love each other. Listen to the song. Keep loving each other in this congregation. Keep loving God and keep spreading the love of God out there. We love you as a diocese, we love you as brothers and sisters, and we are here to give our blood for that love. God bless you all.
Trump.